Hey, babe. Hello, all, and welcome to the Affluent Marriage Podcast. You're listening to one profit coach and one educator talk about living a rich and full marriage through generational wealth building principles, authentic two way communication strategies, and everything in between to become a couple that lives in love and walks in wealth. Your legacy begins here. Hello. Good evening. Good night. It is evening. Good morning. We are back to a evening recording. You know, sometimes it feels like when we record in the evening, it's like we failed, but it's just because we're so busy. I think that we had a conversation recently about how busy we are. And we kind of like had a moment where we were like, what did you do today? You know, like, what did you do today? And we ran down a list of all the things we did. And we were like, how are we alive right now? I don't know. <laughs> I don't it's know. I don't know how we do it. It's a lot. I mean, just me per and, and and this isn't by no means complaining. I am celebrating mm-hmm. how busy I I love it. Like oh, I yeah, live for same. this. I am my best version of myself when I am just spread as thin as possible. <laughs> I know that sounds terrible, <laughs> but like that so, is that does, that's when I operate at healthy, my best. Friends. No, it is healthy for me. All right. I go to work full time, but while I'm at work on my off periods, I'm writing Wealth Happens Here, right? When I come home, I'm editing, I'm creating, I'm doing things for the podcast, I'm creating things for Instagram. We're raising our children. We're, you know, raising our children. We spent three nights this week in a masterclass to help, you know, become simpatico. And you have this business mind where you've been doing this for the last, like this stuff, you just live and breathe this stuff. Whereas for me... I kind of just, new. I jumped on the bandwagon about like five, six months ago. So I'm trying to learn it all. So I, I really feel like that has been beneficial to me. You guys are definitely going to see some upgrades coming mm, yes. because this is the last episode of season two. Woo, woo. We're on episode 30. We made it. We made it. We are entering into quarter four of the fiscal year and we are entering into season three for the next quarter. Yes. And it is quite and honestly we have a season four coming out too technically yes we are placing things in season four that is true season four is a pay to play type of (laughs) situation that is our pocket coaching our millionaire blueprint pocket coaching is our season four so if you are following along maybe and you're like wait season one two three and then it goes to season five that's the reason why (laughs) there's season four is a paid season season. so it is our millionaire blueprint it literally maps out everything the action steps everything you need to do week by week by week to make sure that you and your spouse are connecting about finances, are talking about the things that you need to talk about in order to move the needle and whatever goals you're going after, how to create goals that are very specific. Um, And if you do everything we tell you to do, you have no choice but to... Oh, you will be affluently synergized. You will be affluently synergized. Look at you. Um, but you are going to have some some serious like moves in your finances, in your communication, in your bank account. Like there is going to be some serious change happening there. So it's an insane value. So if you look in the link in the description, you can find information about that. Um, but yeah, so then there's that happening. There's you know season three starting soon. Season four technically is starting at the same time in tandem. Um, we're going on a trip in two weeks. We're going on a trip to Cancun in two weeks for a networking trip, which honestly, like, am I excited about Cancun? Sure. But I'm honestly more excited about connecting with people. Um, when I go to networking events, I'm, I'm a little bit of a shark. Like I go around and I'm like, hi, my name is Kim. And I'd love to hear about more, more about your business and how we can collaborate. Like I am, I am a little bit intense and Daniel's never seen this side of me before. No, but do you know why I love you? Because and I'm, when oh, you, I love you too. No, listen. All right. I don't know how you're going to take this, Okay, but it is a good thing. When you talk to people, like you've you've networked already with a lot of these people and they've yes. seen you and they're like, wow, Kim is so, the word we used this this time around was acceptance, right? You're a harmonizer. You're just, you're just so precious, right? And I think okay. about, listen, I think about, you know, what is an animal on earth that is just absolutely adorable, right? But you do not want to encounter in the wild, right? And it hit me. My wife is like a panda. A 
a panda. That's honestly what you I was see thinking. pandas. That or a koala. And you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> pandas are so adorable. I just, I wish I could squeeze it and give it a hug and whatever. But don't you dare fall into a panda enclosure at the zoo because they will rip you to shreds. They don't play. They are just as fierce as mm-hmm. any other bear, mm-hmm. right? So that's you. Like you are the sweetest, panda. most precious little thing. But when the claws come out, yeah. When you get into get your business, serious. your business mind, your business savvy, like, woo. I'm really, look out. I get really, I'm wearing black and white too, like a panda. I'm saying. I just need little, little things here. I think I found my Halloween costume. There it is. <laughs> but uh, are you scared of pa- a panda bears? No, I'm not. I think they're cute. Okay. I just wouldn't want to fall into an enclosure. I would be nowhere near but, the but enclosure. But brown bears. No, 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 no. They're no, in no, the no, same no. family. We don't, we don't do snakes. We don't do bears. But I mean, they're in the same family. We don't family. say the B word in this family. But, we don't say the S word. they're in the same family. No? no don't do not. this, Kim. Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> don't do this. Okay. Okay. We won't talk about it. We won't talk about it. We won't talk about it. Um, anyway, that's a long-winded way of saying that there's a lot of stuff going on, um, a lot of growth happening. And I think that it has been so much fun to, I think, have this, I know you said this before, historical document of how we've grown and changed and evolved over time. So those of you who are listening in real time, you're literally listening to the glow up, the glow up of Kim and Dan just being like, oh yeah, I'm a profit coach and he's an educator. Um, And actually started with financial coach and educator and then it turned into profit coach. And like, there's going to be another evolution happening where we eclipse wait till season three and season three is next when we're week. going to reveal what that is going to be and i'm just really excited for for all the things happening we're going to shed our hard shell yeah shale oh, shell shale. We're gonna, man the wisconsin we're came blossom. out i'm not even from wisconsin you know we're like metamorphous we're butterflies so many animals to talk about today <laughs> today's episode is our our wrap-up for now about discipline Yes. You love discipline oh so much. Gosh, we will so come much. back to it, babe. Trust me. There's so many more topics to say about discipline. Yeah. But today we want to focus primarily on what do you do when you want to be disciplined, mm-hmm. but your spouse is undisciplined. You know what I want to, th- what I thought about when you said, what do you do? What do you do? No, what, what is it? What do you do for a Klondike bar? Oh man. See, I was trying to think for of like that. Chocolatey uh, cold and ice cream loaded big and thick. No football cream. Stick. I was trying to think of like what it was. <laughs> like, oh, what's this jingle? What okay. What do you do for a Klondike bar? Anyway. So what do you do for an undisciplined spouse? Man, this is a good one. I honestly, let's just talk. Hold on. I know you, I did not tell you that I was going to do this origin story time. Okay. So, Daniel and I started this. Well, no, Daniel came up with this idea for this podcast. This was not my brainchild. This was his brainchild. Um, Because part of the reason was because I would talk about certain situations with clients that I've had, and I would work with these female entrepreneurs with their home and business finances. So as I'm working with their business finances, we would be making some insane strides on making sure they're paying themselves, that they have an understanding of where their money is going. They're feeling empowered about their decisions with their business. It was great. Then we would go to the home finances and there would always be like 95% of the time resistance from the spouse. The spouse would get in there and they would be like, whoa, what are you doing coming into my house telling me what I should do with my money? This is a waste of money. Why would you spend money on a coach to tell we could do it ourselves? Now, look, I know she said the spouse, but you know, we're talking about the men like and they would always think that I was the bad guy. Like, what are you doing? You're taking away my stuff. (laughs) The bad guy's trying to help my (laughs) wife (laughs) win with money. Meanwhile, he notices that his wife is more interested in the finances, right? I had one situation where the wife was like, hey, this is wrong. Um, This is actually what it should look like. Why don't we do it this way instead of this way? And he looked at her like, excuse me? Like, since when do you care about what's going on with the finances? All of a sudden, she was more in, she wanted to be more involved, all of this is all of a sudden she felt more empowered to have these conversations because she realized I know what I'm talking about. I've been doing this in my business and this is I see how it's transferring over to my home finances and I want to be more involved. And then there was a power struggle. <laughs> and one of two things happened. Either A, 
there was a situation where the spouse or the husband didn't want to have the conversation with the with her. He was like, don't bring all this new stuff in here. We've been doing just fine. And she's like, but we haven't. We have no savings. <laughs> We're constantly in debt. I have no idea what's going on with the money. You won't explain it to me. So can we figure out a way to like create synergy, right? And he would be like, no. And so then there would be this like, you know, big, huge conflict. Or the wife was the one who major, who majority was handling the home finances as well. And the husband was not at all wanting to get on board. They were used to their ways of just being able to spend how they wanted when they wanted. They didn't like the idea of becoming one with their wife and creating a plan and having a plan in place. So this is where this happened. And it would get so frustrating because I was like, if this spouse could just get on board for two months, they would see that they would have more savings. They'd have better communication, but their egos just get in the way And because of their stubborn egos, they're missing out on a better relationship with their wife. Like, just forget all the stuff that happens with their money. They're missing out on a better, more richer, more like better relationship with their wife. And they're they're so stubborn and all they can see is you're changing things and I don't like that. I like the idea that we're fighting and that nobody like I I don't mind the I, I I like being able to tell my wife why did you go to Target again I I don't know do you not want to have that conversation I don't know anyway so all of these conversations led to me just being like completely frustrated because I was like oh there has to be some way to make this easier and he goes why not why don't we just create a podcast where we talk about the male perspective and seeing a united front and how that can be fruitful in a, in a marriage. So this, this episode, I feel like is just going to be really, really good. Cause this is literally what I came out of. There was a disciplined spouse and an undisciplined spouse. Yeah. Listening to you talk, it, it reminded me of education in that, you know, a lot of parents are intimidated and have a tough time with, I'm going to finger quote here, new math mm-hmm. because they're like, why, why are we, why are we changing math? Mm-hmm. The math I grew up on was good math mm-hmm. and we got the answers and math doesn't need math and it doesn't need changed Let's keep the answers keep the keep the math we had and then they're intimidated by new change. math by change mm-hmm. right but here men in black quote here new math is like new hotness old and busted new hotness mm-hmm. old and busted new hotness what kim and i have here new hotness mm-hmm. what you have been doing your whole life is old and busted, right? Like that, that old, tired budget, whatever you've got formulated in the back of your mind, old and busted. Mm. What we've put together here, new hotness. It, we're going to revive, bring new life into your marriage financial conversation. And, and your marriage bed. I was going to say, trust and believe. <laughs> When that all comes together, it's just amazing. You don't have time to be upset about anything else. So it's much easier to just be like, I love you. (laughs) So let's get into this. Like let's, we have a plethora of topics that we could go into, but we're only going to choose a couple today. Like we always say, if there's something that we glossed over and you're like, wait, 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 wait. I want to hear more about that. Specifically that. Instagram. Hit us up. DM us. At the affluent marriage email pod. Us. No, I said I said I said DM, email. I know, but DM I said email. At affluent marriage pod on Instagram or KG Millionaire Coach on Instagram. We'd love to be able to have a conversation with you if this was something that you want more information about or want us to go in deeper detail about. Let us know. Right. So I've got my mind on a few topics that I'd like to talk about. If there's something that I start talking about and you're like, wait, 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 I want to go deeper on that. Let's do it. All right. Sounds good maintaining financial discipline with your spouse when that spouse is undisciplined very clearly and truly is rough. Mm-hmm. It is challenging, but it's essential for the financial well-being of the household to be aligned. Yes. So we're going to take you through some, some tips today that can help you with financial discipline for your future with you and your unfortunately undisciplined spouse. Number one, you have to have, imagine this, open communication. No way. You have to talk. You, like what? really talk. Ugh. If you were sitting over here 
looking like a mola mola. Kim's Oof. like, what's Oof. a mola mola? If Damn. you're over here sitting like a mola mola, which by the way is like one of the dumbest fish in the sea because it literally fails at being what it is. Doesn't know how to fish. Doesn't know how to fish. It doesn't know how to swim. Doesn't know how to be a fish. It doesn't it, know how to fish. It doesn't have a dorsal. It doesn't have a fin that can propel itself forward. So it's literally like this beautiful blob of a fish that just floats through the ocean. Like it fails at being what it is, a fish. Mm-hmm. It's a mola mola. And that's what you're yoked to right now. You are straight up yoked up mm-hmm. to a mola mola, just a beautiful blob floating through life. Here's the thing that I think about when it comes to open communication. And I, whenever I hear these couples and I'm like listening to their stories and hearing how they're having these conversations and the complaints that I hear like, oh, well, you know, he just does what he has to do. He pays for the bills. And uh, yeah, we just don't talk about this at all. Like it is not a conversation we have a conversation about. Or, you know, yeah, girl, I just go and I get my Target or I go to, I just get on my Amazon stuff and I just like, ooh, it came to the door. I got to sneak it into the garage or I sneak it into my closet. Hope he doesn't see it. Um, that's how I got to do this. Oh, girl, YOLO. I just booked another trip and I'm just not going to tell him that it's on our credit card. We'll figure it out later. Um, that doesn't like there are so many people who like to glorify that i just i'm like no that's that's so dishonest but let, let's imagine this right i always think to myself open communication when you got married to this person right you got married to this person said i want to give my i, I want to spend my the rest of my life with this person i trust you with every fiber of my being i want to i want to have children with you i want to be able to like go on all these amazing, I have a beautiful life planned and we've talked about it in ad nauseum, the things that we're going to be able to do together as a couple, as a, oh, it was just so beautiful. What the heck happened between your I do's and however many, 10, 15 years later, or a few months later, that you can't even have a conversation about money, about your dreams, about your goals. What happened that even the having the conversation about money is like nope we don't talk about it nope i just hide it and i just hope for the best uh bills get paid i just move things around and when it happens it happens what happened between either one of you that you just stopped having the conversation you stopped giving information you stopped talking open communication is the only way you're going to be able to get past this. one of the ways or one of the reasons why I have, I have found that that happens because we've looked this up, you know, we've, we've done the research 58% of divorces happen because of poor communication. Mm-hmm. 38% of divorces happen because of poor finances. And you don't think those two are connected and you don't think they're connected. And if you did connect them, I'm not saying it would be a perfect, like, Oh, let's add, 58 and 38 like it wouldn't work out that way but that's a big but it's a big percentage of reasons why people split yeah it's because of communication here's what they found out right they they got married they said i do they got into it and then the rug got pulled out from under them they found out that one of these jokers has a mighty me complex Ooh, i love that you're bringing in all of your your book now because i'm an author now you know what i mean you gotta own it <laughs> A mighty me complex, right? When we say mighty me, that means one person feels like more of an authority figure in that space, mm-hmm. whether it be because they work in finances, whether because they're this math guru, mm-hmm. whether because you know they feel like maybe they, they have to become a mighty me because the spouse has forced them to because they're like they claim they're not good with numbers they're not good with math or you just do it or i don't have the time for this so you just do it or they just play dumb or they just want to be like a kid and be like man just give me an allowance Mm -hmm. like tell me what the numbers are give me my money and i'll go do me and there's a lot of reasons and a lot that i didn't even mention why you might have a mighty me in your home they have that mighty me complex but some of y'all got the rug pulled out from under you and you found out i married a manipulator like they don't want me to have any say maybe they have that like you know, stereotypical like gender role, like I'm the man of the house. Yes. Therefore, I must take ownership. And where did that come from? That came from their upbringing. Right. Right. No, when I grew up, when you grew up, when people grew up, it wasn't like your parents sat you down and said, all right, son, all right, daughter, 
This is how we end. You're going to marry a man. You're going to marry a woman one day and darn right, you're going to take over the finances, son. That doesn't happen. Or your man is going to take over the finances, daughter. Like it doesn't, <laughs> no one sits you down and has that conversation. It, it's, it's observed. Yeah. Right. You saw your mom, you saw your dad and you saw, I, I'm going to say nine out of 10 times, mm-hmm. dad was handling those bills. Mm-hmm. Mom was taking you to school, doing the parent teacher conferences. Mm-hmm. She was taking you to the doctor's appointments. Like she was doing all of like those household, home, family, you know, agenda. And your dad working bringing no money, paying the bills, buying the cars, you know, doing the man stuff, right? Yeah. So it's it's a learn it's a learned behavior, it's a learned trait. It's something that was a part of your upbringing and it was a part of your parents' upbringing. Like they weren't explicitly taught from their from your grandparents from their mom and dad. Right. It's just something they observed. So the issue with the communication is they came into the relationship and now all of a sudden there's this underlying issue. Right. So something that we're asking you to be considerate of is underlying issues. Mm-hmm. You need to address these. Sometimes overspending or financial irresponsibility can be a symptom yes. of a deeper issue. Yes. It could be stress. Mm-hmm. It could be an emotional issue. It could be other differing values. Like we kind of talked about those gender roles, right? right? you got to seek out assistance from either a financial therapist or counselor to try to address these problems. Right. This, these deeper issues, like you can try to unpack them on your own, Mm -hmm. but it's probably going to be better to have a third party in the room Mm -hmm. to help you unpack these deeper issues. A third neutral party that wants to see you succeed. Yes. That's so important. Yes. It can't be a third neutral party. That's your, that's not your girlfriend. Nope. Not your Not girlfriend. Your dudes. Oh, oh, girlfriend as a friend. I was like, what are you talking about? Hey, what girl. Kind of, what kind of what kind of couple are we talking to right now? But yeah, like the it has to be a a person who wants the greater good for the both of you, who understands the different ways of helping you navigate managing your finances while communicating with your finances, because what I, when you were talking, I was also thinking, here's something else that might have happened that we don't uh, that we haven't said before. I think I don't think on our podcast, something else that might have happened between I do and I don't want to talk with you about money. <laughs> and we don't really have that is there was some type of trauma that occurred, a loss of job, a loss of you know, a loss of trust. Maybe you like overspent or did too much or whatever. And you're like, oh my goodness, I feel, I I just feel like I've done too much. I feel like I've I've lost the trust of this person. So the other person's like, I'll take over it. You don't get a chance to, to have this conversation. I can't trust you, right? And so that loss of trust or that loss of work or whatever you want to put it in there has created a rift in the communication between you and your spouse. And it's hard to come back and have this conversation about how to move forward for your future goals because there's there's just some there's a lack of trust there. There's a rip in in the communication. They went from I do to I do not. Not I do not to this marriage, but I do to I do not want to have this conversation. Right. I do not want to talk to you it's about painful, money. Right? It's painful, right? And I, I mean, I've had experiences with other clients where they're like, I've had to experience a lot of pain with that and guilt and shame. So that's what we're saying. Like you going and spending and overspending on things like Amazon or shopping or whatever it is, isn't because you are by default an overspender. It's there's an underlying issue in there, maybe something that's trying to come out that you just haven't been able to address yet. And maybe your spouse is not willing to have that conversation. And when I tell you, when we tell you, we're telling you statistics that are not like brand spanking new. This is literally decades and decades and decades and decades that this has been the issue that someone has felt oppressed or someone has trauma or someone has things coming on that that the coming to the table and having the conversation is difficult. So that's why hiring someone to come in as a third party who has both of your interests at heart to help mend the trust and help give you the exact steps that make sense for you is going to be vital for you actually being able to move together towards your desired goals. It's 
that's that's literally what you have to start with open communication if you have an undisciplined spouse there are other things that you can do after you do that though right so you're definitely starting with open communication and then the next thing that you want to do as you're talking and being open and honest with each other is identify what those underlying issues are but here's the thing you might not know what they are right and that's why the third party is so important a therapist a counselor they have the knowledge and the tools. They went to school for this. They know how to ask the questions mm -hmm. to get things out of you that you didn't even know were in there. Right. Right. It's so deep. Mm -hmm. It's so deeply rooted. Like you didn't even know right. that that was something a part that was a part of your, your childhood, your upbringing mm -hmm. that you just learned from your family. Right. So identify the underlying issues right? It's like any program. First thing you need is awareness. awareness. When you are aware of it and you identify it and you say, yes, this is me or yes, this is you. This is our problem that we have together, right? You have to understand each other's perspectives. Mm -hmm. The reason why you have this mighty me complex is because it was a part of your upbringing. You literally saw this day in and day out and you came to the marriage with this expectation that as a man, mm -hmm. this is my role. Like mm -hmm. this is how I provide for the family. And you have to understand that perspective. Like they have however many years of living that life, mm -hmm. of having that expectation. And now they're here and they're, you're giving them an identity crisis. Right, right. And it's, it's not to say that you shouldn't give them that identity. Like this is something that you both need to work through. But know that that can be traumatic for your partner. Yes. If they're like, wait, I have to change everything that I thought that I was supposed mm -hmm. to be because you want to run it and you right. don't want me involved in it or you want us to both run it. Right. And I don't know how to do that. Right. And then even from the other side of things, right. If, if like going back to that client that I had that recently had this awakening that I'm not bad at math, I'm not bad at managing my money. I've thought that and believes that my whole life. I've gotten in a ton of debt, paid it all off, gotten in a ton of debt, paid it all off, gone through that cycle so many times and now you're telling me I don't have to live that cycle. Now you're telling me you, you have the key of making sure that I can actually manage my money and and feel in, empowered by my money from here on out. Wow. So now I can actually use that same type of feeling with my home finances. That's a little bit of a whoa to the other spouse who's used to kind of controlling it all, right? And so there's this there's this transition that that needs to be talked out. And if you don't, again, have that open communication, this can be really difficult to be able to say, hey, I, I want to know what's happening in the finances. I, I want to know how I can sit at the table with you instead of having to ask for permission. Because that to me feels like that you're kind of the master of the keys. I want to be involved. And that is a whole different like dynamic. <laughs> you talk about this, right? So my business of being of KG Financial, being a profit coach, and then you coming in and saying, hey, I want to start a podcast that is supporting your business. And now we're kind of like, I've had to kind of transition and change my ideal clients because now we're both kind of in that coaching space. Was this something that happened overnight that we were able to just be like, bibbidi babbidi boo, there you go. <laughs> Not at all. No, there were so many conversations that we are having, still having, as we're trying to figure out how we create a synergy that makes sense for us, because it's going to be different than when it was just me. And I have to be willing to say, do I want that? Right? I have to be willing to say, do I see a future here with this conversation? Do I think that there's some place that we can go here? Do I like that? <laughs> or, you know, how do I want this to go? Because it's only been me for how many three years, right? But you've been there every single step of the way as my supporter, as my cheerleader, having you come alongside and us being able to, you know, co-lead this ship is actually, yeah, like, of course, why wouldn't I want that? But all that to say, there was a lot of open communi communication that needed to happen in order for us to get to that. Right. And I would expect you to be open and honest with me about that. Like oh, if yeah. you did not want me a part of the business, I would fully expect and would trust you to tell me the truth. Mm -hmm. And I would be okay with whatever you said. I would still find ways to support you even if I wasn't in the business. Because mm -hmm. the whole point of the podcast, I know you talked about a point earlier, but 
ultimately it's to give you that platform, mm-hmm. right? Because I saw you as like this thriving entrepreneur and I was like, man, like how can we get Kim out there even more? And I was like, I could put on a podcast. I could host it, create it, develop it, edit it, get her on there, get her talking. She sounds amazing. Who doesn't want to hear more of Kim? You're adorable. So I created this, right? Mm-hmm. Got on it. I've been off social for almost a decade. It's so true. He's never, <laughs> he has been the happiest person too. Like I don't need to be I don't on social. Need social. I don't, yeah. And now look at me, like I'm back on Instagram making reels, all this stuff after a decade. Yeah. For little old you. I'm, I'm almost trying to ask you to go on Facebook, but I think that'll be oh. too much for you. Oh. <laughs> you don't want to relive that. Don't want to, that's, yeah, that's past trauma. We'll talk about identity crisis. I don't want to go back. <laughs> so look, Here's what I want you guys to do, because this is kind of like what the rest of this whole, yeah. you know, addressing underlying issues. The next step is to create a safe space for discussion. What I want you to do is go back to season one. There's an episode called creating a safe space around money. If you're a paid member and you're going to be part of the millionaire blueprint, you're going to get a whole, you can go listen on this. the episode before that one safe place around money. There's one that's just saying that's called creating the safe space. Mm-hmm. So you can go listen to that episode and it is going to detail exactly how to have that space, safe space conversation mm-hmm. with your partner. And if you're going to be doing something as serious as addressing these underlying issues, you want to make sure that that safe place is established and secured. Mm-hmm. You have boundaries, you have, everything set in place to be successful. And again, I'm going to recommend that you seek professional help. Yes. I I feel like we've kind of got off task, but not in a bad way. I think, I think, you know, some, there are no accidents that happened on purpose. That's right. Happy trees, happy little trees, (laughs) happy little trees. Um, Because again, what we're talking about is like, how do we work with the undisciplined spouse? And so we've discussed that open communication is important, but what happens if that open communication is being worked on, repaired in any type of way? It could be that you're just trying to have little conversations every once in a while about what's happening in the money. Maybe you are just trying to to just open the door just a little bit. What are some things that we can present to the undisciplined spouse to kind of bridge the gap a little bit and make progress, even if you're working on that communication. I love that. Where were you going with that? Were, I was just going to trying to lead me into the next I one. I was. Oh man, that was so good. That was a really good volley. Broop, I was broop, like, broop, 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 broop. that's me like going back in the past. I, I was trying to like, bleak. sometimes you need to establish clear goals to go. kind of bridge the gap. <laughs> so it felt like it was like volleyball and you were like the setter and you, yeah, you put the ball up in the air. It, and I was, I was like, it looks like she's going like, am I about to spike this and go to clear goals? Like, is she like, is this isn't seamless man. transition. I, I was just, and then I was like, but it sounded so good. I don't want to mess it up. Like, let me, let me just ask, you know, cause if you don't know, ask. So I asked and now I'm like, man, I should have just spiked it's it. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Man. Happy trees. Hey, happy trees. Happy, happy trees. little trees. Okay. Set clear goals. Every new year, people set goals, Mm -hmm. right? It's just a part of the New Year's resolution. You're like, I want to lose weight. I want to gain more muscle. I want to get this new vehicle or move out of this house. Whatever it is, right? People set goals. And that doesn't matter if you're undisciplined. Like even undisciplined people set goals. Mm -hmm. Are they accomplishing their goals? Heck Mm no, right? Because they're undisciplined. Mm -hmm. So something you can do though to bridge that gap is to set goals, set goals for each other. So make them specific, right? We, yes. we talk about smart goals, right? Smart. Mm-hmm. They need to be specific. Mm-hmm. They need to be measurable and achievable. They need to be realistic mm-hmm. or relatable to your overarching goals. They need to be time bound. Yeah. So think about that criteria when you're creating goals for you and your partner, not just your partner. Don't drop in on your partner and say, Hey bud, I want you to lose 10 pounds this year right. or this month. Hey bud, want you to uh, have this shared financial goal. I want to try to save up the emergency fund, which means you need to stop doing this and yep. this and this so that we can get to that e-fund. I think that, I think here's the thing that happens too. I think when you're trying to meet with someone, again, you're not yoked. You're not going after the same desired goal together. There's a difference. When you have that dynamic, you can say things like, yo, you want to save up $10,000? Let's do it. Like there's a different dynamic there. When you have someone who's a couple of steps who's not quite there at your at your level, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to be a little bit okay with not going after those big, big, big crazy goals quite yet. So with an undisciplined person, a, a smaller goal might be, hey, 
I, I'd love to go out. Um, I, I'd love to go take on, you on a date. I'd love to take you on a date. And I, I want to make sure that we have, I, I want to be able to go into this five star date, whatever it is. And it's going to be like 300 bucks. Can we do that? Right. Can we, can we, can we make a plan to make sure that happens? Right. Let's make a plan to celebrate us. Yes. Let's make a plan and let's put the money aside. Right. Can we, Hey, I have this jar. I want to fill it up with 50 bucks this month. Can we do that? And right. We're going to call it the swear jar. Bucks. And every time you swear, numbers. we put money in the jar. <laughs> okay. Like Schmidt and new girl. Um, you got it. <laughs> but I, he tells me I use small numbers, $500. Right. I mean, but, the numbers are getting bigger. You're know, doing, I'm better, doing better. But, you right? know. but like you got to create those small skips. Right. Those small little like, OK, this is all we're going to do. We're just doing this one little thing to just get it from here to here. Is it a full blown conversation, safe place conversation that's like 45 minutes and you guys are like, you know, hashing out what you're going to do for the rest of the year? No. With an undisciplined spouse, you got to just start where they are comfortable starting. That's it has to be how it, if you can't be yoked up here, be yoked over here and just be like, I'm with you. I'm with you and I'm going to take you one step at a time. That's teamwork. The, the idea of we're going to get our finances together and we're going to go over this huge goal. That's the reason why you keep failing. Okay. That's the reason why you keep go, you know, falling off the wagon. You got to take it. Yeah. That's one too fast. That's too furious. At a time. Otherwise you're not going to be disciplined enough. So um, here's yeah. where I'm thinking when you're setting these goals, sometimes you have to lead by example, mm -hmm. which is another, you know, tip that we have for working and partnering with an undisciplined partner. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to be the role model for financial discipline. Yes. You have to show your spouse the benefits of being financially responsible, consistently adhering to the budget, and you meet those goals. Like when they see like, wow, like my husband or my wife mm -hmm. has been doing this thing month in, month out, and she or he is crushing it. Like they are setting goals and accomplishing goals. Like they wanted to renovate that bathroom and they worked and they saved and they made it happen. Mm -hmm. Like the proof is in the pudding. You can't argue right. with results, right? There's words like, yeah, you can say things, but when you have results. Oh, you can't mess it up. You can't, it's powerful. You can't refute it. Actions, right? Old, old, old saying here. Actions speak louder right. than Hello. words. I didn't even know it was a song. What? Okay. Everybody who's been listening to it, who's like a 90s baby, just like had an audible gasp. I apologize. Who's the artist? Wow. Because baby, if you want me, you got to show me love. Oh, yes. That yes, yes. Speaks louder than words. I got it. I got wow, it. I got it. I didn't know that was the lyric. No, well, is that he's surprising? Really, no, I'm he's really, really bad, bad at lyrics. lyrics. <laughs> I would have had the lyrics tune and the song <laughs> and I would have just made up. I, I my own he words does. he makes up his own lyrics all the time and i'm like that's not that word so um yeah lead by example lead by example lead me when i'm in the mood to be led we're having a lot of references here think about this right here are some ideas to lead by example um i, I always go back this is my education roots i always go back to like do you have that little thermometer when you are trying to get like your students or your kids to like get excited about something whether it's that like the fun run or you know when you were a kid and you were selling chocolate and you saw like the thermometer for the school and you were like i gotta go sell some more chocolate so i can get the school to be like there's a united goal do that for your finances right oh we're trying to save up for that small goal look babe i put 50 dollars towards the savings isn't that exciting right and then you just keep doing that right it's a visual re representation of what you're going after and when you see the discipline when that spouse is watching you disciplined and doing that they're there is no, there's going to be a change in their psyche to be like, wow, she is just, or he is just going for it. Like he is excited about getting to this goal. I'm excited too, right? Because I'm excited for you. You, you can't, I, I'm not upset with that. And, and I feel like I can be a part of the process because I can see the growth happening. What can I do to support you? Now we have buy-in especially as you get closer to the goal right there's a oh, lot yeah. of different mm -hmm. ways that you can lead by example with finances right you can choose do i want to focus on the emergency fund do i want to focus on debt management do i want to focus on savings priorities or buckets do i want to focus on investments mm -hmm. you know do i want to focus on vacations or trips or gifts or whatever and you can't deny getting close like when you see 
if you're coloring a picture of like a thermometer or whatever it is, but when they see like, wow, like her goal, his goal was to get to $10,000 mm-hmm. to purchase this vehicle and they're at 9,000 now, like they're only a yeah, thousand right, away. Right. How can I help get them to that last thousand? Mm-hmm. Right. They're, you're going to inspire, right? Yes. If, if your spouse is in the dark, light, it doesn't matter. Light dissipates darkness mm-hmm. every time, hundred percent of the time. Yep. If your spouse is living in ignorance, if they are undisciplined, when they see you doing your thing and crushing it and killing it and get like, they have no choice unless they like willingly choose to be ignorant. Right. Which some people do, but they, they can't plead ignorance. You can't say, Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> no. Cause you had it right in front of them. Right. Um, and, and it's the same thing. Like people love to get on the bandwagon. Some people are about to like make it big. Right. So those of you who are entrepreneurs out there and you're like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm crushing it. I'm doing the thing, but it doesn't really seem like you're getting all the love, the likes, the comments or whatever. It's okay. Because the moment you, the moment something happens, the moment you get that break, the moment you get that hit, that whatever milestone, all of a sudden people come out the woodworks and now all of a sudden they have referrals for you. All of a sudden they want to throw money at you. All of a sudden they're like, oh, you good at this. And I'm like, I've been saying it <laughs> for, for years, guys, for years. You just weren't listening. <laughs> and yesterday's price ain't today. So I'm sorry, <laughs> not sorry. You know what I mean? Like there's this, there's this thing that happens when people get excited and get on the bandwagon at the very end, right? But this is the same thing that happens with an undisciplined spouse. When you create excitement around it, you're able to see the shift happen with the other spouse. All right. So speaking of the other spouse, right, there's just some inherently, you know, I'm going to call it common, like just, you know, very like common sense type things that you can do when you have an undisciplined spouse. Create a budget together. It's a no brainer. We talk about this all the time. Mm -hmm. Create a budget together. Automate your finances. We talked about that last week. You literally just talked about this last week. And this will be incredibly beneficial Mm -hmm. if you have a partner who's undisciplined because it prioritizes all of those expenses first and they can't mess it up. Can't mess it up. Well, they can mess it up, but it's going to help them not mess it up. It's going to be very clear. Regular check-ins. Mm-hmm. just like you would with your kid in school who's failing math. Yep. You're going to regularly check in. You're going to look in that binder. You're going to look in that folder. You're going to look online at whatever app they're using. Kazumba kids. I just made that up. Like you're going to check in and be like, all right, what's going on here? You have regular check-ins on your finances yep. and see where you're at. You guys can, we did this when we were in like our little downturn during the pandemic, we educated ourselves. Mm-hmm. We read like, 12 to 13 different books in less than 12 months. Like it was like a book every month. It really was. You got one from Amazon. I got one. We'd read it. We'd swap books. We'd read it. We'd conversate and then we'd move on. Is conversate a word? Yes. Sweet. (laughs) I love when I say stuff and it still works out. But here's the deal. That stuff is just like classic. Like these are what you should do if you're doing the thing and they're not, right? Sometimes it doesn't always work out that way. Right. Sometimes you got to do things a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. And these are not things that I advise in permanence. I think this is something that you can do for a season Mm -hmm. until we can get each other on the same page, whether that's through your safe place conversations or whether you have to go to a third party and address these underlying issues. No matter what, Mm -hmm. we want to get that undisciplined spouse disciplined. Right whether that be third party help or within your own relationship, having these conversations. So what we need to do here is consider having separate accounts. So I think one of the things that we need to mention here that we haven't really talked a lot about is that consistency, right? You said regular check-ins, so you did talk about that, but we cannot stress enough how important it is to not be just that person that's like, we're going to do this. Yeah, we're going to do this. And then you don't do it because you don't consistently check in. So if there's anything, if I'm talking to the disciplined spouse who's trying to talk to the undisciplined spouse, the most important thing that you can do is at least create a time and a place to say this is when we have the conversation. At least if you have that structure, you you can build off something. Because if you only have the conversation 
when craps happen, when crap happens, when you're like, oh, you ordered again from Amazon. We need to have this conversation. You don't even know what you do. Oh my gosh, we have a medical bill that just came in. Now we have to figure out how to pay this. All right, we got to have a. Then you are creating negative connotations to the money talks. Consistency in all times is going to be way more beneficial for you than only having the conversation during the worst times or during the times when there's a lot of emotions. That's only going to make it worse. So consider separate accounts as you're as you're trying to figure out this consistency, as you're trying to get on the same page, as you're trying to create more, I guess you could say consistency, synergy, whatever you want to call it, consider separate accounts. Um, but have, let's 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 be specific here. Though. Yeah. Consider separate accounts for discretionary yes. spending. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Because what can happen, and this is the conversation we were having beforehand, because if you have you, you and your spouse and you guys have decided, listen, I don't like the way you manage your money. You don't like the way I manage my money. So guess what? I guess we're just going to have our own bank accounts and my money goes here and your money goes here and you do whatever you want with it and I do whatever I want with it. I have my bills that I take care of. I, you have your bills that you take care of. You no longer have a marriage. You have a roommate situation. You are now roommates who just happen to sleep together. That's it. <laughs> You might have offspring running around, but you are not married. Like that's not, that's not how this works. Cause let me tell you, all it takes is one spouse to have some type of like blunder with their business, blunder with their, their like nine to five, they lose something. There's a big issue that happens. And all of a sudden it's me against you. I'm not, I'm not helping you pay for that. That's your deal. That's you lost your, your job. That's your money. You deal with it. That's not a marriage. That's a roommate situation. Or vice versa. You know, one spouse gets this crazy promotion and now all of a sudden they're making buku yes. dollars and the other one's still making the same and they're looking like, man, mm -hmm. I pay my bills and I've only got X amount of dollars left at the end of the month and they pay their bills and they're, they're Ooh, balling. Talk about resentment, like guilt, shame. Man, they, they already have like, I, I mean, I have situations like this all the time. Man, my, my spouse has like a hundred grand saved up and he's expecting me to match that for us to be able to get a home. But my income, my business hasn't taken off. I'm just starting it. And my nine to five only pays me maybe 60 grand. How am I supposed to compete with that? Talk about resentment, competition, guilt, shame. You're inviting all of that into your marriage because you are not willing to have a conversation. So that's not what we mean, okay? We do not mean that both spouses are gonna have their own like ecosystem. That's not what we're saying. We're saying create a shared ecosystem with bills, with things that you know you both are sharing, right? It's not like you pay 50. You, mm -mm. Your and, incomes all still go to the same account. That's happening, okay? What we're saying is you create an account for the spending, discretionary funds, especially if the undisciplined spouse of their main, which I guarantee you, their main like gruntle or complain is, man, you just control everything that I spend. I can't be, I don't have a say on anything. If I want to go out... And I want to go to, to, you know, have my shopping sprees at X, Y, and Z. If I want to go, go do this with my friends, I should just be able to. Why do I have to bring it up to you? Why do we have to have a conversation? I work too hard not to spend my money. My, if right. I'm at work and I want to buy this lunch, then I'm going to buy gonna this lunch. It. So then if that's the complaint, okay, there's yours. You can do whatever you want with it. That is your discretionary funds. But my goal is to make sure, and I know you agree, that bills are paid, that our kids are taken care of. Fair? He, they, he, that, she, whoever can do whatever they want with that discretionary funds. And when it's out, it's out. That's, that's the agreement that has to be shared here. When it's out, it's out. We're not dipping into savings for this. There's no overdrafting. There's no overdrafting. No credit cards. We're not doing that. <laughs> like we're not, we're not like hiding different credit cards. Like you said, because that, that's, that's what we call cheating, right? <laughs> Cause I'm not doing that. Like we, you know, have very clear boundaries but I think that that's one of the main complaints of the undisciplined spouse is that they want to have control and they want to feel that they can spend however they want to spend. So talk about that. That's a great place to start. What do you want? How much do you want? If you want $500 a month, here's how it affects everything else in terms of the goals that we have. Here's how it affects the bills, what can go towards the kids. So then they see oh, what I spend actually has 
wait and actually create something for, you know, the rest of it affects everything else. For me, it's not even good enough just to call it discretionary spending account. Like I want to take that a step further. I want to sit down have this open, honest discussion and really define what is the purpose of this separate account? We talked about it before underlying issues. Like what is it that you really want? Like what is the gripe that we are having month in and month out? Well, why do you, why do you always have to buy another dress? Mm -hmm. Don't you have enough dresses in your closet? Like why don't, why, why do we need more? Mm -hmm. You already have one in that color. You already have one in that style or, Oh, you, you always go golfing or, Oh, you, you always buy new cigar, like whatever it is, right? Like what is this month in month out argument that keeps happening? Define the purpose of the separate account. Like what is it that you want to use this money on? And I would, I would allot that money for that purpose, for Mm -hmm. that reason. This is not just, you know, you get $500 every month to spend on whatever you want because we still have goals. Mm Mm-hmm. We still have shared goals. We still have things that we're going after. We're, we're, still, we're still trying to crush debt or save or invest or we're trying, to, we're trying to build a legacy here. Right. Right. And we can't do that if you're getting an allowance every month. Fine. We'll put aside discretionary spending every month for you to get your cigars. We'll put aside discretionary money every month for you to get your dresses. Whatever. We can do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds like I have a bad attitude about it right now. That's not how I would like have that conversation. <laughs> but the point is like, let's be more purposeful. Right. Let the money be for a purpose. Like if that's what, if it's going to save you an argument, then yes, let's do it. But it doesn't need to be just a miscellaneous amount mm. for whatever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Right. Like yeah. let's, let's, let's add some purpose here. I would agree with that. And I also, again, going down to the very like core, you both if you're having these conversations, you both desire to have a savings account. You both desire to have a legacy, whether that means that you have investments, whether that means that you have ample savings for an emergency, whether that means that you want to go on more vacations, you both have those common goals. If you have those common goals, then you both can create some synergy, at least on saying, okay, yeah, let's, we want to put money towards these things. That makes sense. So then the, then and then not even having the discretionary funds, whatever we just wanted to mention it as, as like a, oh, well, so when you come home, do you use your discretionary funds for that? <laughs> That's not necessary. Like have trust. Like it's also building in the trust and the boundaries of like, if you see me come home with bags, that's not an invitation for you to berate me on what I purchased because we've already discussed. And I think a lot of times in that, that coupleship, where that's happening, uh, relationship, I'm using random words. But I in that like relationship, that word, coupleship. But in that relationship, I feel like there's, because there are underlying issues, I think the one reason why even if you're making a ton of money and you're getting upset over tiny little things, it's because you don't have control over the rest of it. And so it just feels like, it, it, I don't know, it just feels like maybe you don't feel in alignment, There, you don't feel like your money has purpose in other areas, so the idea of nitpicking on a small purchase feels like, oh, this is something I have control over. Why are you doing that? Don't you already have that? And it, you're, you're adding to this waste that we have. I don't have control over other things. Like that's what it makes me think about. Do you agree with that? I do. The thing that's on my mind right now is how funny it is um, that just a change in wording would make this whole, like considering separate accounts sounds very divided. Right. But- it's only a few words away from alignment. Mm -hmm. And if your undisciplined spouse begins to adhere to their discretionary spending and they're not going over and they're, they're showing, you know, trust and faithfulness in that spending every month, then they still get that money every month and it doesn't have to be divided. You just change the language and say, Hey babe, I noticed that, you know, you're, you're adhering and, and maintaining that, you know, $200 spending limit every month. Let's just make that a bucket mm-hmm. in our written plan. You know, it's, it's our shared plan. It's our shared financial plan. And it's a, it's a category. It's a line item. It's, yeah. you know, and you get to spend the same 200, whatever. It's just a part of the plan, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, 
that's aligned and a shared goal and a shared, like that's all shared. Divided is you have your own account, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Together is you have your own account. It's just, we consider it a part of the budget, right? Yeah. It's just like, I mean, it's not too far different from just having your own light item. Right, because right? that's what we do. We have our loan, we have our own line item in our budget. He gets money, I get money. And that's that's it. Like it's not but if if But if they're undisciplined and they're going over, right, then of course they need to have their own account because they don't have the discipline to right. stay within their means. Right. But once they start to prove that, it's like, well, hey, it doesn't have to be like this yeah. forever. Like let's just bring it back. Or they I don't know. I feel like or they just might like that. Which again is totally fine if you're still going after right. your Right. It's like uh, oppositional goals. defiant disorder, right? Well, we never we never tell a kid in school like, hey, you, you need to you need mm -hmm. to sit here right next to me. If they have ODD, you need to present them choices. You can sit over there or you can sit over here and they choose one. So they feel empowered. It's right. it's the same thing. It's the same thing. You want to empower them. Mm -hmm. Even if you're <laughs> this sounds terrible. Even if you still get what you want, you make them feel like they have choice. But we call that being a master manipulator. Or a teacher. Um, <laughs> we're really good at that because we know how to do that with all of our students. <laughs> Getting all of our kids to do what we want them to do. Doesn't matter <laughs> which you choose. You're still doing what I want you to do, but you don't know that. <laughs> and it's the same thing here. And it's the same thing as you're starting to have these, have these conversations. Sometimes, majority of the time, I, I think even when we have our conversations, it's we're still getting to the same goal. My way might have a little bit more steps, but it makes me feel like I have more more control over, okay, this is what we should do, and that makes my brain feel better. And you might have a shorter way to get there, but you're like, we get there either way. <laughs> and that makes you feel better. I can I can unite with you, and we can just do it this way. But either way, we're getting what we want. <laughs> so, babe, would you like to wrap this up, or would you like to give us a CTA? Oh, I have a, do I have a CTA? Let's see. Sometimes I can just come up with CTAs. She didn't even realize that I just manipulated her into wrapping up this show. No, I, well, I, I gave that. you two choices. I knew that we were going to wrap it up oh, okay. anyway. <laughs> I knew I was looking at and the And I time. still got what I wanted, but you made a choice. Try this you on felt your, empowered. Try this on your spouse this week. <laughs> Manipulate your spouse. So you kidding. chose CTA. Go ahead, kidding. Kimberly. <laughs> um, Listen, if you're listening to this, I'm going to bet you're probably the person who's the disciplined one in the relationship. And I need you to also recognize that you have faults as well. You are not the perfect one. You are not, oh, perfect one. Unless you're follow. Kim. Nope, you're not. I'm not perfect either. There's, there's, a, there's a teamwork ethic that happens here, right? So uh, I would like for you to just really take the opportunity to think about what we think about what we've said um, <laughs> and just... Think about different ways that you can have a conversation that takes the millistep forward. I'm not talking about like, I'm not talking about the huge, huge things. Like I, I want you to build that little thermometer graph, put it on your fridge and just get excited about a goal that you're trying to accomplish for this week. I don't care if it's 50 bucks. I want you to get so excited about that. And I want you to see what happens when your undisciplined spouse happens to recognize and go, what are you doing this for? Um, and you can welcome them into the conversation with them not even knowing <laughs> that they're having a budget conversation. Remember, this is your best friend. You decided to marry them for a reason. Go back to that point and really think, where is this coming from? Why do we have such such tension here and what are we willing to do to understand how to solve it so that's my cta all right well guys you know kim is really sad because this is our last episode of discipline but it will come back don't you worry babe but for now y'all go live in love walk in wealth take care y'all bye